Hello and welcome to the latest episode of The Testing Peers. Today we're going to talk about Agile and what it means to us and our experiences around it and possibly some myth-busting as well as part of that. So the awesome foursome are here, starting off with Simon. Hello. Russell. Hi. Chris. Hello. And myself, David. We are delighted again to be sponsored by Saffron QA. Saffron QA are QA specialists in testing recruitment and they provide a range of bespoke recruitment services to organisations across the UK. For further information about Saffron QA, please see the show notes or visit saffronqa.co.uk. So to kick us off, we have Simon with the relevant banter. I wouldn't go as far as saying relevant today, given I'd completely forgotten I was on banter today. So I'm, I'm literally flying by the seat of my pants. And I thought I'd ask a very interesting question. What is the oldest item of clothing you have? Good question. Is it an item of clothing that I can still wear or that I own? Let's go for still wear. Okay. Well, so the oldest item of clothing that I can still fit in is my Arsenal 1997-98 home shirt with Overmars 11 on the back. Title winning season, no less. Invincibles, no? Oh, no. No, no. No, was that the Invincibles? No, no. Uh, that was that was 03 or 04. Ah, shows my knowledge of Arsenal. <laughs> Good. David looks deep in thought. I'm trying to remember. I mean, I, I know definitely I've still got the shirt that I wore to my first day at my current role because it's the same shirt that's on my photo thing. But I know that I've got a T-shirt from my first marathon, the Brighton Marathon from 2009 that I still wear as a finisher's T-shirt. I can't think of anything exciting that links to a positive memory or anything else. I'm going back through, and I know that when I moved house, I moved some winter sports clothing from like snowboarding and things. And that's probably from 10 plus years ago. And I've kept that, but that's about as old as I'm aware I've got. Do you still wear it though, Russell? I wore it recently to try it on in order to keep it rather than to throw it in the bin or to get rid of it to, to kind of a, someone else. So I technically have worn it recently, but I haven't worn it in public or out. So is that one of the criteria? I never said in public. So I have worn it recently, technically, for a period of a couple of minutes. I think that's within the acceptance criteria. <laughs> uh, well, I never defined the acceptance criteria, so I think you're all good. From my perspective, like Chris, I've got football shirts from late 90s, Peterborough ones, not Arsenal ones. But also recently, I realised that I'm still using the same swim shorts or set of swim shorts that I used on my honeymoon back in 2011. So it's 11 years. I don't go swim very often, so they've just sat in a drawer and they still fit. So still perfectly fine. Yeah, and I, I probably should confess that question is probably half stolen from the More Than Work podcast that I was a guest on. Rabia uses the, the T-shirt. Just what's the oldest T-shirt you have, whereas I went with clothing. I probably should just reference that. So, so the fact that Chris and I answered wearing T-shirts. Is, uh... Exactly, exactly. I've also, actually, that's another point. I've also got the very first gig T-shirt I went to that I still have and it still fits me. It was uh, Bowling for Soup in 2003. Completely not about agility, but I completely forgot I was on banter. So that's my bad. <laughs> agility. Do we want to start by defining what we mean by agility? Do we want to talk about what agility is not explicitly? I was being as vague as possible to see who jumped in. Well, trust me. Go on, Chris. <laughs> okay, so agility is not necessarily always going to be a part of Scrum. As an example, when I say agile, I don't mean Scrum. When I say agility, I don't mean stand-ups and those sorts of things. That's one thing. Scaled agile, probably another example. 
anybody yeah. else they want to yeah. want to point out something no, I, I i would agree i think the whole nature of agility when you talk about it outside of the work context as well is the ability to adapt and react quickly to a change and i think that's ultimately what the agile concept in the tech world is about it's about being able to change and adapt and and react in 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 a quick fashion and provide that feedback and get things out the door quickly and that's ultimately what agile for me was all about there's frameworks of scrum and kanban and xp etc etc are all different ways of trying to enable that it never fits out the box i'd agree i think that that's exactly how agile should be it should be able to be adaptable and changed but unfortunately it's got that association of this is the method that you have to use to do it you know you need to use scrum you need to use kanban ball you need to do this that and the other in order to create a structure which seems to go against the whole idea of being agile and for me agile should be the combination of the group's agreement to the best possible product that you can produce in a certain amount of time and the process that you choose to do that shouldn't be dictated to from on high it should be agreed by the group and also that process should be adaptable in order to ensure that the success of that particular project is created and unfortunately i think that generally as a development process and methodology it's sort of become a bit muddied and people like to put labels on things and so therefore agile has become yet more of a process driven thing rather than the actual ethos of being agile doing a talk today you hit something on the head with that because we were talking a little bit about agile adoption versus transformation and adoption is pretty much the process of taking on some principles or some processes that already exist following scrum following xp or doing something like that but without kind of transforming the culture or the ways of working and the wider business transformation is it's more the deep rooted change the cultural change that then leads to things that may be creating your own ways of doing agile Parts of me thinks of like the Spotify model is more of a transformation program that you saw. They did it their own way. Lots of people copied, but they did it their own way. <laughs> that's um, the, yeah. But it's, it, that's the difference that you're trying to get to. You want to be the organization that understands what you're trying to do, the goal, the purpose, the reasoning, and build systems that help transform your culture to adopt that and away from these big systematic processes, the command and control processes, the slow rigor We've all been in them, like be it change approval, be it test management documents that take six months to write, but then never get read. I think we've all faced them. But yeah, it's moving away from that and building the systematic processes and tools that allow you to be adaptive and agile in that sense. And ultimately, though, agile in my head is about providing that value to the customer as soon as possible and then giving that chance to inspect and adapt, that chance to reflect, are we on the right track? Yes, no then using the agility to adapt based upon that, giving the customer some view of what's going on so that you can make sure you're making the most valuable decision possible. Yeah, I think it also is the fact that going to, I mean, we mention it all the time, is context. You know, that just because you say you're doing agile, it doesn't work the same for every company and every project. The whole point is the fact that you can adapt these methods that you're actually doing so that you can again create the best product so having examples like the spotify model or various things they're an example they're not 
a set of rules to follow. Yeah, I would agree. And I think one of the things for me with the whole agile process, what it's become is it's very consultant led. It's all about getting people in to help me help the companies transform, paying lots of money to a specialist to come in and basically tell you to read the scrum book and you go and do scrum. And actually, like you say, it's about that adoption where somebody comes in and goes, we need to go agile. And what does go agile mean? Oh, well, we're going to tell you it actually means going, you're going to start using scrum. We're going to start using safe. We're going to start using XP Kanban, but we're not going to change the culture of the business. The business is still going to expect you to, they're going to give, give you nine months to deliver a project or six months to deliver a project. They're going to give you the requirements six months in advance and expect you to deliver it. But you as a development team are going to work in sprints. You're going to have a scrum master who will be not a dedicated scrum master, be one of the developers or the testers within the team that's going to have to take on the scrum master role as well. They're going to do retrospectives and they're not going to be followed afterwards. No one's going to take any actions and change anything. You'll carry all your stories over to the next sprint because they weren't tested. And it just ends up being... Fragile. Yeah, fragile. A a parody of agile. It's it's just, you know, we'll put the process, we'll put the ceremonies in place, but actually our mindsets have not changed. And that's where it's not agility. It's a thing though, isn't it? Scrum in itself isn't a bad thing it's a solution to a problem and people have been crying out for how how can we implement these things that isn't bad and a lot of the purposes and and reasons behind doing things haven't been necessarily bad it's kind of people looking for shortcuts or trying to do copy and paste methods and i've spoken to colleagues who have had bad scrum implementation or agile transformation type experiences which means they want to dismiss those things thinking actually do you know what this actually makes us less efficient than if we use the old project methodology or waterfall it's harder to measure these things if we can't have a long project roadmap and and so on and so forth and that the concentration is always on the how we're doing things not the why and the, the motivations that we have behind these things what are the goals of agility? Why would we do agility? What is it that makes something agile? Those conversations that you have, often people don't necessarily, have, well, they haven't necessarily had that conversation to even understand why they're doing those things. And I've, I've run workshops with teams who have been doing Scrum and I've asked them, why do we do Scrum? What do we think of, it, of agile? Do we even know the manifesto or the principles of agile? Do we know where, where it came from? Shall we maybe look at those things and see if there's things that we agree with compared to what we thought of that were important ways of working to just talk about it? Because if we don't even know what it is, how can we be really doing it? I think sometimes with Agile is that sometimes teams change the process too often without it actually bedding in and actually trying to to improve the process, having got used to it so you're not a highly performing team you fail that something's going wrong you you react to it and you change it and sometimes that can cause even more sort of failures or, or difficulties within that agile thing because you're you're taking agile literally and changing it too often so have any of us actually experienced agile working successfully i can certainly say that i've never worked in somewhere that's got it right that's got it working effectively we've done scrum We've had people go and do Scrum Master courses and try and, but the company have never invested in it fully. So it's always only been a subset of the company that are doing it. Therefore, the mindset hasn't changed. And we've ended up going into changing sprint lengths to try and see if we can deliver more or 
never really got it working in a way that we felt we were making any difference to falling back into the old process. That's the question is kind of what do you measure as success? Because I've been places where I'd say that it was working successfully. There was more positive than negatives, but it was certainly not perfect. Hmm. There was certainly some, still some disjointed with the business, but there was a lot of joint working with the business too. When I say the business, I mean things outside the development cycle. So your finance teams, your uh, business stakeholders and so on. Um, I colloquially call them the business. But I've, I've been in places where it's worked quite well, but we didn't follow Scrum for the book. We actually adapted. And one, and I've been in places where we followed DSDM. Um, and actually that's a, that was an organization-wide mantra. Everyone did it. The way you got a project done had to be done in that kind of system, the way that that system of Agile focused you to do it. And again, I would say that was less successful, but even though actually everyone was buying into it because the culture wasn't quite aligned to Agile, they were just following the process for the sake of it. But it's worked best where we've designed our own Agile processes around an iteration. And that's where it's good because there's buy-in because people got involved in building it to the solve the solution. There wasn't a, it's in the book. And I have a pet hate of sort of Scrum for one thing only, which is, well, it's a misinterpretation of it. The first thing you do in Scrum almost after two weeks or whatever your iteration is, is reflect and adapt. So after two weeks, you'll be doing an evolution of Scrum. You won't be following the book necessarily. And it's getting people into this mindset that actually, if you're following the principles of Scrum, you should be moving away from Scrum by the book quite quickly. But the maturity to do that is quite hard. But I'll stop ranting. You're right. And uh, actually, the DSDM thing you mentioned as well, I I did the Agile Project Manager course, which before I went on the course, I didn't realize they were purely going to teach about DS, DSDM. Um, and I'll admit, I didn't even know DSDM was a thing before I went on the course. I went on the course, did the training. Seems like an interesting model, looks sim- very similar to SAFE in some degrees. I've never, never went back to work and decided that was going to be implemented because they only sent me and one other person on the course and it needs a whole org to be involved in it. Yeah, whole company. Does someone want to explain what DSDM is? That's a good question. <laughs> so dynamic system development model, I think is what it stands for. It's DSDN, a term. But it is, in the iterative sense, very Scrum-like at the lower levels, but actually it's a project management process. It's also kind of a business kind of readiness process. So it incorporates the entire life cycle of a business versus just the Scrum part, which is kind of like the doing and the small business integration. I can't do it justice because it's been about 10 years since I've done it, to be fair. But it's got agile principles to do it. And, you know, quality is one of the key ones of it. It's one of the sort of eight principles, I think it is. But it is basically about how you get a project into the thing. But it is quite a rigid. It's got quite a lot of process around it, which goes towards the sort of safe side of things. And it's fixed. You can't change that side of it. So, again, it's not that agile. But it's a framework to try and put agile within, which is always a kind of um, a conflict I don't quite live with. It's got benefits, but yeah, the, the, from a development team perspective, you're pretty much running a Scrum kind of a model, but there's some documentation and things like that to kind of get you into in that state, more like safety. It's more embracing the, the stakeholder element as well. It's not just about the development teams, it's, it's bringing the yeah, whole company exactly. on the journey. It's much more with the business side of it. It's almost 50-50 business and kind of the other side, at least from my experience. Would you like me to read the eight DSDM principles? Why, Why not? not? Why not advertise them? So number one, focus on the business need. Number two, deliver on time. Number three, collaborate. Never compromise on quality. Build incrementally from firm foundations. Develop iteratively. Communicate continuously and clearly. And demonstrate control. So yeah, you're right. He's putting more framework around 
some of the agile and other uh, some of the scrum and, and other elements um, at a wider scale, which is very similar to safe. And and again, this comes back to it's another methodology that's been brought in yep. through a consortium and a, con- a consultancy that have decided this idea is a good thing and then going to try and make money out of trying to implement it in organisations. And I go back to the Spotify model. The Spotify model worked for Spotify, but if Spotify decided to go and sell that as a as a process that worked for everyone, they'd make money on it because people would want to follow Spotify. But actually, it won't work in the same in the different context in the same way. They don't even use it anymore, do they? No, exactly. <laughs> it was a snapshot of time, as they would quite yes. rightly say. And that's yes. the thing with agile; it will always be a snapshot of time. Yeah, absolutely. Because it should be evolutionary and should be changing. And every time you hit a problem, you should be looking and inspecting and adapting. Agile isn't a fixed way of doing things. It is that mentality, the way of looking and approaching things, collaborating, but having the customer at the end of it, not the testing, not the development, not the product management or whatever realm architecture. It's about the customer first and center and front of everything. And then about making sure you bring value to them. Absolutely agree. I'm standing on a pedestal preaching now. (laughs) No, absolutely agree. And and the other thing to add there is, you know, the, the whole testing thing. You know, until I read Lisa Crispin and Janet Gregory's book, I hadn't ever seen anything where testing had been linked into the Agile process and how it worked in Agile. It was always that thing of, well, it's not mentioned. Even on my Scrum Master course, I went as a QA engineer and I, I was asking questions like, so where does testing fit? The Scrum coach was like, oh, well, it just needs to form part of the development process. It's not being called out specifically, et cetera, et cetera. And there wasn't anything that really gave me any meat to, to how it worked and how we made it work, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, you're right. It's all about making sure we deliver value to the customer in a, in a faster loop than the traditional processes um, and getting that feedback, et cetera, et cetera. But sometimes I think the the ways and methodologies that people try and use to do that are not always the most efficient for the organization they're in. Going back to your original question of whether we've successfully done Agile, I would say I haven't personally been involved in some successful stories, but there have been projects that I have heard of that that have been able to sustain the Agile thing. But my experience is that there are probably more that struggle with it than are actual successes. And I think from a personal point of view, the reasons why sometimes the project that have tried Agile that have failed is because although we may do retrospectives, some of the people within the team don't always learn from their mistakes or try and improve quickly enough so that the same things are brought up quite a few times going through and that can be many different things like people interfering you know people going into too much detail and uh, things like that or things stories being added for various reasons or and not things not taken out of sprints and things like that so but I think it's the fact that people don't because of the change that mental thought process isn't carried through and so therefore people get stuck in their ways too much i've never seen a perfect implementation of anything agile but i've seen glimpses i've seen improvements i've seen where things feel like they're working better because i moved from a place where there wasn't communication between different departments apart from maybe like single single people when suddenly whole teams were a part of processes including testers obviously that's how i got pulled into the whole situation and from a personal tester perspective it was really transformational for me to suddenly be involved in the design and the development process and to be able to actually give quick 
iterative feedback where before that wasn't a possibility and actually to feel like for the first time I was actually helping to make the product better rather than just catching defects and bugs and that was a huge difference for me in a really small piece and we weren't doing everything perfectly but for our context it was streets ahead of where we were you improve iteratively you reflect and you go forward from there and i have seen decent ish agile it has been for moments it's come and it's gone things around it have changed like business processes higher up or something else so where it's kind of fit into a well niche and it has to adapt to kind of stay and it hasn't generally but yeah it, it's never been amazing it's always been good and i've looked back on things in hindsight and I actually realized how good some things were and how bad some things were sometimes as well, because uh, it's all in relation to where you are, but there's always things that can be done better. I always have this mantra almost about, if you look at something, you should be able to see some things that have gone well in whatever you do. And you should also be able to see things that can be improved. Nothing is perfect. And that goes for most of the agile processes. There's always something that could be done better or something could be changed. So yeah, it's, it's kind of this reaching for the stars. I might aim for the stars, but if I get to the moon, I'm happy. I think I've got to the moon. You're right. And absolutely. I mean, I, I know when I went out of, you know, it wasn't an amazingly agile organization in my first big role. I moved to my next role and it was completely waterfall. And it was a bit of a shock to the system because although we weren't doing it perfectly, we had that regular cadence of building deliverable software within two or three weeks. And, you know, yes, we carry stories over, but there was a general motivation that, you know, we worked in those two week cycles. We, we did the retrospectives, whether we took actions whatever we we still had that constant feedback discussion we did the planning we did all that and it wasn't terribly efficient but it was more efficient than what i walked into there was definitely positives there and it's not until you you look back and you realize well it, it might not have been highly successful as far as we were getting releases out every two weeks but we were delivering builds the end of sprint builds that you might stack up two or three end of sprint build before you release but you were still getting to a point where that end of sprint build was of a certain level of quality. We'd done all the testing, we'd run the automation. It was in a certain place that it was, you know, it's okay, but we still wanted to do that final, almost a stability sprint before we released, which, you know, people will say that's not agile, but actually it worked for us. Hardening. Hardening, stability, whatever you want to call it. But it was that final two weeks before we were happy to release anything. And, and, and actually that model worked for us. It meant we were releasing every eight weeks rather than every six months. So it was a it was a big improvement in that respect, but it still wasn't. It, it was looked upon when people came in that would claim to be agile specialists that were like, "Well, this is terrible. You know, why are you doing it like this?" Well, actually, it works for us. It's, it's one of those things where it's often looked at as like a silver bullet, right? Isn't it? You know, we're coming exactly. in, you automatically be faster and quicker and better. In the same conversation where we've we've talked about automation suddenly fixing everything, it's about why you're doing these things. Have you applied things correctly? Have you actually? understood your context and what you're trying to do and what works for you have you explained these things properly you know understanding your why Simon Sinek kind of magic going out there I was I was inspired to look up a quote after Russell talked about his his post um have I told you the Vince Lombardi quote before look at that shaking your head so So he's a famous NFL man from back in the day the uh, Super Bowl trophy is named after him he said gentlemen we will chase perfection and we will chase it relentlessly, knowing all the while we can never attain it. But along the way, we shall catch excellence. And it fits along those lines about continuous improvement, right? It's always trying to do better because there's always room for improvement. I, when I worked in games, I used to get kind of annoyed when a game got 
scored like 10 out of 10 or 100% because I was like, no, there's always something that can be better in this. And Amen. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, there's there's always something that can be done. Maybe practically it's not the right thing to do, but, you know, we, that's why things like minimum viable products and such exist. But we should always be looking to do better. It's why we believe in continuous learning because, you know, oh, we're leaders. That means we could just we know everything no there's always new stuff to learn there's always new people and new practices and new ideas and applications devops came around later that has loads of the spirit of agility throughout it and that's that that came a lot later xp was around before agile was formalized that's come through what does testing mean in those things loads of different ideas because technology changes and all these things change and the i sort of the spirit of agility is to be happy to accept changes and do better for the customer being sort of that way aligned means that you're never going to just sort of sit there and go yeah, we're done and I, and I like that because if you get complacent and stand still the world will move around you because the world doesn't stand still I think that I'm picking up on a couple of points Russell's point of sort of success and you know the the minimal viable product that's produced at each at the end of each sprint it shows that things are progressing and also you can celebrate those successes but the thing also the thing about like about retrospective is that you can celebrate those successes but also try and improve so you're highlighting those things that you want to change in the next thing so that therefore you can become more efficient and better at what you're doing again like chris said the silver bullet you know it's like automation yes you're going to be fantastic but there needs to be that ramp up there needs to be a change in understanding of everyone in the group. We need to go along with everyone and not just have the one leader that goes and, you know, thrashing everyone with a stick going, you must do it my way or no way. Everyone needs to be involved and and help with those improvements. I do love a good retrospective, mind you, but I don't like it when it's predictable and it's always the same. There's loads of cool resources on these things, but I think the point you made about open, honest and having actions that we actually action proof is in the pudding with these things people aren't going to be open and honest and, and say this is a problem we need it to change if we don't make that change so it's it's a team committing to something and, I, and okay we hate the term committing we hate the term sprint because we're not running and we're not doing things faster but actually doing what you say you do is a fantastic principle to have as well i, I retrospectives that are not predictable therefore they're not just following what a tool is telling them to do that's wonderful Jira is a wonderful tool. You can use it for for Agile. It's a tool. It should be there to serve the needs of our processes and the way we're working, right? Amen to that. We shouldn't need to bend to the needs of something that doesn't meet our needs. What do we need to best produce software for our customers? This tool, does the tool do our job? No, let's get another tool. Let's do something else. Let's not be hamstrung by processes and tools. People saying, oh, well, a tester isn't in the Scrum Guide. Great, neither is a developer. He was a CTO or a CTO. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Exactly. I think ultimately what makes Scrum work or what makes Agile work is the people. It's not about the tool. It's not about the processes. It's it's about the people and the commitment and the the drive to improve the way they work and, and to be more agile with a small A rather than you know going with the, the commercial approach. It's literally how can we adapt the way we work to be more efficient? to be better whether that means following a prescribed process and then evolving it on into your own format or just starting to make small improvements and pick the bits that actually make a difference 
there is no right and wrong way. It's about finding the way that works for you. It takes people at all levels to accept that, that there isn't a right answer here. Let's just look at what we can do to evolve our process, evolve the way we deliver, evolve the way we work, be more collaborative. There's so many options. Is it worth us just sort of finishing up by sort of talking about useful places for people to go to find out more where we would go to to look at things around agility? Because I think we've mentioned Janet Gregory and Lisa Crispin's books. They've done, well, two books plus condensed and agile testing. Um, they've got their agile testing fellowship and all, all, all those good things. If we've got any other places where we might go, Agile Manifesto is a good place to look at, I suppose, online. Where else would you advise people go? Uh, Mike Cohen's website. Mike Cohen's got quite a lot of good things, especially on stories and things like that. Yeah, there's, is it Mountain Goat Software? Yeah, it's Mike, yeah. Yeah, yeah I've got all the Agile poker planning cards here as well. I've got about eight or nine packs of these on my desk. That's definitely a good resource for all things Agile. Uh, Alsatian has a good blog on Agile, I think. Or lots of pages and things, if you look for them, that has quite a lot of articles on it. I don't agree with everything they write, but they certainly have a, quite a lot of it. Cool. Yeah. Should we finish now? <laughs> Well, thank you very much for joining us on our little talk and rant and many other different things on Agile. I hope you enjoyed listening to us. and I'm sure that you will hear us talking again soon. And obviously, if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to download one of our many other episodes. We'll be in, we're into double figures quite a long way now. I don't know quite. Hopefully, we're getting to near trip. If you do like us, feel free to obviously check us out on any of the socials. We'll be on Instagram or on Twitter. We're on lots of other places that I can't even think of right now. Uh, we are on Patreon if you want to help and support us you can do and I just want to say thank you very much to our sponsors Saffron QA we appreciate you sponsoring us enables us um, which is good and um, keep listening and one day soon we might announce a conference or something similar but we might not who knows keep watching and find out lots of fun stuff coming Uh, And yes, you'll hear us again talking about other random things and perhaps we'll go into a bit more detail on some different areas of Agile rather than just the high level. But yes, thank you one and all and thank you to David, Chris and the other one, Simon. For now, it's goodbye from the testing peers. Goodbye. Goodbye.